Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Living life as a gringo Where you question where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this with not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos, of course It is Thursday, so it means it's time for our Thursday Trends episode Helping me break down some of these stories this week He is a writer, actor, comedian Known as the Funny Latino Roman S, how you feeling, my bro? What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Roman S, also known as the Funny Latino, and everything that I do is from the Bronx. <laughs> I love it, brother. I love it, man. Uh, so, man, my, my family is, is from the Bronx uh, as well, so uh, we, got some, we got some Bronx ties in the building, which I love. What part of the Bronx? South Bronx. So, my grandma, for as long as I can remember, used to live on, uh, you know where Edward L. Drive is? Okay. Right up, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's like, I want to say it's like one, I don't want to give you the wrong street, 167, around that, around that area. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, that's where uh, our, our stopping grounds are, my memories of the, of the Bronx go. Well, that section of the Bronx is called High Bridge. That's closer towards like Yankee Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. We had a, a lot of memories going to Yankee Stadium back in the day. There you go. Nothing but traffic, but I love the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> they don't love us back right now, but that's a topic for another conversation. Uh, Man, so we gonna we're gonna dive into a few different a few different topics this last week that have been trending. We're gonna we're gonna you know some some of it's kind of heavy, but you know you gotta you gotta talk about what's going on in the world, right? So uh, we'll talk about man diversity, right? This whole end of of the diversity programs at elite colleges, and now a study is coming out that actually they have been uh you know they have been favoring certain groups of people which i think comes at no surprise but now we're seeing the hard numbers and it's kind of startling to think about so we're gonna dive into that um we're gonna talk about a really sad story about a florida farm worker who died after the extreme heat um and you have activists calling for reform as far as job conditions go and that kind of ties hand in hand with uh the ups strike that was just avoided 
Um, and some of the things that they were asking for, I, I genuinely cannot believe in 2023 this was even a question. So we're going to get into into that. Uh, we're going to touch on on this pop culture story. I know off mic we talked about this isn't your thing, but I think it is an, an interesting topic of conversation. You have uh, artist Raul Alejandro and Rosalia breaking up. They were a very, very public couple, made music together, put out the videos, talked about their engagement, all that good stuff. And I've seen a lot of debate in general about, you know, people maybe putting up too much of their private business out there when it comes to their dating life and things like that. So we'll, we'll touch on that. And then, uh, I mean, depending on where you stand here, this is more of a positive story, but it's about Colombia and specifically the, the city of Medellin trying to get away from their narcos history, um, which has brought in just a, a weird sort of tourism that kind of celebrates a really dark period of time for, for the country. So. Uh, they're trying to move in the right direction. So we're going to get into all that. First and foremost, though, man, let's just dive into the nonsense, kind of the BS, the heavy stuff from the last week. Uh, we'll do it in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say it louder for the people in the back. All right, so let's start. Let's kind of start on a more medium story. We won't we won't start with the heaviest one. Um, but there's this new study that finds that children from wealthiest families are more than twice as likely to attend elite universities. Now, obviously, I don't think any of us needed a study to tell us that, but it was important because obviously you had the Supreme Court decision recently that. Uh, took away the diversity measures that places like Harvard had to enact in order to uh, bring in you know, students of color and prioritize them as a student body. Now, this study, though, does bring up some really crazy fucking numbers, right? Because you, it says children from families in the top 1% financially are more than twice as likely to attend an elite university than those from middle-class families with comparable SAT and ACT scores, right? And a lot of the argument against diversity. A lot of people say, oh, they're letting people in who aren't qualified. And obviously this is is showing that that's not the case. These are comparable scores and the people are being favored are the elites, which is why these diversity measures were needed. Now, they the research group uh, conducted by Opportunity Insights, which is actually a Harvard group of researchers, um, they are looking at eight Ivy League universities in addition to Stanford, MIT, Duke, and the University of uh, Chicago. The study determined multiple factors drove the advantage, right? Preference for legacy admissions, right? Kids who were uh, the children of, of parents who went there or grandparents, right? Uh, and, and they were actually given preferential treatment. Um, and then you also had weight that was placed on non-academic credentials. So whatever that means, maybe it's the children of a big donor, right? And, uh, and then athletic recruitment. And specifically, when we talk about athletic recruitment, a, a stipulation that I heard was, was made was, a lot of these sports that we're talking about, they're not the typical ones that we hear about where it comes from kids from the hood getting saved to play basketball or football. A lot of them are really elite, like rowing, exactly. Rowing shit that they do not have in the like in the Bronx. There's, uh, I can almost guarantee the high schools in the Bronx do not have uh, rowing teams, right? This is like rich people shit, rich people sports. And those are the people that are getting athletic recruitment. Now, this is what was crazy to me. And, and then I want to get your take. The study found that uh, that those attending one of the elite institutions, right, that there's actually long lasting effects on those people who have been given pre uh, preferential treatment. It says it increases students chances of reaching the top percent 
of the you know the top one percent of income in this country increases their chances by sixty percent. So going to one of these elite universities increases the students' chances of reaching the top one percent of people in this country by sixty percent, and it almost doubles the likelihood of them attending an elite graduate school, triples their chances of getting employed at a, a prestigious firm or company. And, and in this case, they're defining the top 1% as people making over $611,000, right? Bro, how wild is it, though, to see that number, right? That's what was startling to me, that it increased their chances of joining that 1% by 60%. And these are kids that are already coming from privileged backgrounds. Well, I mean, it's, doesn't, it's not surprising, you know, that yeah. you are part of that, that elite part of society that you want to secure, you know, just as much for your offspring, for your children and those well connected to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like how we say here, you know, we, we can't hate the player. You understand? Mm -hmm. We got to hate the game a little bit. And sure. the way we, we chose to, to shine some of that was through affirmative action, was mm -hmm. through, you know, um, making sure we had more of an opportunity to get minority students up in there. But the disproportion, um, I'll tell you the truth, it's not surprising. You know, the mm -hmm. big people want to secure it for the big people. That's my little one walking around. Yeah, I'll so, make it a cameo. I love it. <laughs> she walked in, on frame. But that's what it's about. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not surprised by it. I am absolutely yeah. not surprised by it. But, but I, I'm, not, I'm not shocked. But it is startling to see the number that, that drastic, right? Because it, it just explains everything moving forward right because then these are the people that get the high jobs as you know ceos people in power positions and who are they going to hire more of the people who exist in that same who are swimming in the same pool as them right or who come from the same background and that has generational effects on our quality of life as, as people of color in this country and that is is sort of what is what is crazy and that points out the dangers of something like affirmative action being taken away Absolutely. You know, once again, you know, our there needs to be steps in order to go up and there needs mm -hmm. to be steps in order to go down, you know, and what role we play in society on those steps will determine how long we stay there. But mm -hmm. we can also transition upwards by, you know, we were talking about the elite sports, right? OK, yep. nothing prevents anyone from the hood other than getting out there and learning more pushing mm -hmm. yourself and figuring out, you know, other sports uh, to get those opportunities to perhaps earn one of those athletic scholarships. The mm -hmm. wild part, though, is that there's a whole other, you know, study that needs to be made on the percentage of students that receive those scholarships, those basically those, you know, money invites to attend those um, institutions. You know, mm -hmm. the proportion remains large. Right. You know, this this whole one percent securing it for their people, that's one part of the puzzle. There's a mm -hmm. whole other part of who else receives the equity to continue participating and being involved in the institutions that help us progress in life in the future. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously it's a large, larger conversation than just Harvard, just the colleges, just all of these different things. It's a system that has been put in place uh, intentionally, you know. And and I think what what is interesting to me, though, is that like th whoever, this person who brought up this lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court and effectively reversed 
uh, affirmative action at these colleges. They've just now opened up a can of worms on all of these schools and all of their practices are going to now be under a microscope. And I think trying to look at things glass half full, now someone like Harvard looks terrible when you bring out these numbers, right? When you bring out the numbers of these Ivy League schools because it's blatant how much of an advantage things like this give rich white people, essentially, right? And now this is just one study. Again, you're going to have other groups who now are going to dive deeper and deeper into this, and it's going to mess up the game for all these people. So I'd imagine... The person who, who brought up this lawsuit is going to have a, some sort of target on their back at, at some point because they're messing it up for, for all these one percenters who uh, had a little bit of an easier ride all these years. I mean, it's crazy when you ask how many kids um, graduated from the school with the same last name as yeah. the library or as the <laughs> same last name as the hall. <laughs> yeah. Again, once again, you know, we, we arrived at this um, at this rock at a certain yeah. point that put us in a position to unfortunately have to wait in line for that. You know, they were yeah. absolutely here first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and to your point, it's, you're going to have, we have to figure out ways to kind of beat them at their own, at their own game. Uh, you know, we got, we got to pick up rowing, know. right? That's, <laughs> that's got to become our, our number one, uh, number one sport in the hood rowing. <laughs> all right man i'm gonna pause here we'll, we'll take a quick break here and then we'll, we'll hop back into all of it i love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles because life happens baby but you got this hi there i'm honey german and i know we can all use some positive energy these days that's why i make sure to empower my community because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right, we are back. Now, the the other story I wanted to to get to, and this one, you know, it's sad. It's a very sad story, but it kind of just points out, again, the working class and the lack of not only prioritization, but there's the lack of humanity that goes on for those who are the have-nots, right? I mean... You, you have this story in Florida, and it's a Florida farm worker 
uh, his name was Efron Lopez Garcia, only 29 years old, uh, died earlier in, in July as a result of a heat stroke from working outside in a, at a farm in, in Homestead, Florida. And now this has, you know, uh, certain politicians. You have the Miami-Dade County Commissioners, uh, Keon McGee and Marlene Bastein, introducing a bill to establish new heat standards for outdoor workers. Um, the ordinance stipulates that companies in Miami-Dade County must provide workers with water. And on days where the heat index is at 90 degrees, give them a 10-minute break in the shade. Companies will also need to train workers and supervisors on heat safety to avoid fatalities. Um, and they'll avoid some sort of penalty if they violate this. And A, this is like, this is, we have to put it in writing that they have to give a damn about their employees uh, working in extreme conditions. But B, the the thing that it leads me to that, I want to I want to get your take because it's infuriating. But like, then I started thinking about the UPS strike that was in, in, in uh, about to happen, right? And now luckily the, um, the Teamsters Union uh, and 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 UPS have reached a preliminary uh, labor deal, and it's looking like it's not going to happen. We're not going to get shut down, which is great. But what I didn't realize was one of the things they were fighting for was getting air conditioning in their trucks. At this day and age, like what, bro? That I can't imagine. I can't believe all of these years these guys have been driving around in in the middle of summer, and those who work in these states where it's hot year round. And they didn't have air conditioning in the truck. Like this is what they have to fight for at this day and age. Don't be surprised. Yeah. And they're not the only ones. There's other organizations that do not have representation from unions that most likely mm -hmm. suffer from the same issue. That's just one part of it. The no AC. Right. And remember, like in the Northeast, this we're just talking yeah. for the Northeast, right? Sure. We understand, you know, with the climate change, how hot it's been recently. Yep. But in the Northeast, for us up here. To be real, it's hot maybe two months out of the year. So it might not be a big issue for the Northeast. But in other right. parts, like, yo, that's damn near torture. And mm -hmm. you know, the tragedy with this Florida employee could have been averted if mm -hmm. at least there would be some policy in place that indicates that once the weather is above a certain mm -hmm. amount, keep your employees in the shade. Only yeah. work in the shade. Be, right. Feel the shade and figure a way for them to continue working, but don't have them exposed in the sun. That's completely, completely torture. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, that as human beings, we have to put a policy in place to make people give a damn about somebody else's life like that? Sincerely, it is amazing, but it's not surprising, you know, because yeah. a lot of us fall short of sharing rewards. A lot of us, mm. you know, want the reward for ourselves and don't look at, you know, what else logistically needs to be blessed so that I can continue yeah. to produce, you know? Right. Like a lot of us really just be like, yo, mine, 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 mine. Commission? Yeah. Why commission? No, but, right. you know, you have to have other things that will protect you continuing to earn, you know? Yeah. Like that's what it's about. It's, 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 it's surprising, but it's, it does not amaze me. Right. Well, it's because unfortunately the culture that we have in this country, it, it values profit over humanity, over morality, over any of those things. Right. And and we celebrate these people who sit atop the the sort of we talk about the one percenters. But, you know, there there is somebody who uh, runs that company that this man was working for or or, you know, is sitting at the top of the totem pole and is is not he's sitting in the air conditioner in some office, you know, or he's on a beach somewhere. 
And he's like, give these guys a day off. No way. Make them work. We need to drive profits up. Right. Like like that. And, and that and everybody's just like, oh, let's put him on the Forbes list. Right. Because now he made one point one billion instead of one billion last that he did last year. Right. Let's move him up on the Forbes list and celebrate that man. And it's like, bro, these guys are taking advantage of the everyday person. And we're bailing out these industries, you know, when they go rogue, like the airline industry or the bankers and the middle class, the everyday workers, even though we're the ones that are the nuts and bolts of this entire operation for these companies to work, we're still held at the bottom and not valued whatsoever. That's that's that is the truth, my brother. Like you said it, you said it, I, I, my man. That's poetic. The way you said it was magical. <laughs> it's the truth. It is. You know, like you look. It's an ecosystem. Uh-huh. The ecosystem cannot exist from the middle up or from the top right. alone. You know, there needs to be a whole thing in place to make it all work. Mm-hmm. And we're already touching on all these topics that basically as unrelated as they may be, they still connect with one another at the fact that society and certain people in society are held at a certain helm so that Mm. all can progress and produce. Yeah, no, that's, that's a a, a great, a great kind of way to, to put it. And it's, it's one of those situations where they also know they kind of, they have us, you know, by the balls, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, people who work for, for UPS, it's like, UPS is a, a good job because it's a stable job, right? I'm sure they have a pension. They have things like that. So to to these workers, it's like, yeah, this sucks and it's unfair. But the alternative might be putting my family at risk of not having a place to sleep, uh, not having a meal on the table. At least I'm providing a lifestyle, right? So these people know that and they're going to take advantage of them. And to your point, if those those corporations or those industries that don't have unions looking out for them to fight on behalf of them, you know, they're they're going to be taken advantage of even worse because, again, these bigger corporate giants, they know you need them. Right. They like you, you, you're you're replaceable to them because they're going to always find some other kid who's going to work for cheap and, and this and that. Right. And 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 you're in a tough position and they know that. And rather than create an environment that everybody wins, because that's very possible. Right. Because the if we're talking about like the there's a whole writer strike right with the entertainment industry and all these different things right and Bob Iger from Disney I believe his salary was something like 500 million a year right bro that guy wouldn't even feel it if his salary got cut to 300 million a year you know what i'm saying like he wouldn't he wouldn't that wouldn't touch his lifestyle his quality of life his kids life his kids kids life right like it would be so far down the generation line for him to actually feel that sort of a pay cut meanwhile these people are literally just asking for a, a a wage that is is payable that they can survive, right? And and that to me is like the microcosm, like the the zeitgeist that we live in in this country. That's the perfect example. And we're all just like okay with it. Nobody's actually questioning it. Well, the 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 situation with all with UPS was that one of the yeah. challenges is that the majority of their workforce um, consisted of part time workers. And, you know, oftentimes part-time workers feel like they have a lesser voice. They feel right. like they have, um, you know, less, uh, less attachment because they're there less, you know, mm-hmm. they're basically, you know, called seasonal employees sometimes even to feel like they're, you know, less of, of, of the, uh, system. But yeah. the full-time guys are so busy, sometimes overworked that mm-hmm. they're too tired to even have a voice, but eventually, right. When situations come across 
you know, certain circumstances, it basically motivates everyone to start having conversations. You know, mm-hmm. we had a two year break with the pandemic. Some of us had a two year break with the sure. pandemic. And what that made many of us with union jobs feel is that we're fortunate to have jobs, that we're fortunate mm-hmm. to have representation to protect our jobs, to yeah. make sure that we have dignified wages and at the same time to provide something like what you mentioned pensions, mm-hmm. 401ks, you know you know, uh, whatever kind of savings plans towards, you know, retirement. So mm-hmm. we return to those jobs just as humble and I would say almost as voiceless as the part-timers. So because right. we all came back and we were lucky to come back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But eventually things come to a point where conversations need to be had and wages need to be increased. And I'm going to yeah. say kudos to the Teamsters for getting what they wanted, a dignified way that is consistent with the cost of living. Right, right. Well, that's the other conversa- part of the conversation because you have people who are, are like, oh, you know, minimum wage can't be $15 an hour. People at McDonald's shouldn't be making $15 an hour. And it's like, you're thinking of $15 an hour when you were a teenager. The world is a lot more expensive than it was back then. $15 doesn't go as far as it did back then, right? And that's mm-hmm. like part of the issue I have with people who complain about things like that. And and you can look at the numbers like statistically speaking, the cost of living has gone up at a far higher rate than the wages. Right. So what so like what do you think is going to happen if the cost of living is rising at, you know, four times? I believe it's actually 10 times the rate of of wages. How do you expect people to to then live? Right. Like, how do you expect people to actually afford a roof over their head? I mean, and, and, you know, you being from New York and, and me being from the New York area, like how crazy is it in New York right now? Like for people to afford to be able to live uh, in, in, in the city. Right. And, and if I, they, they voted to like allow the rent increase to happen a, a certain percentage now, like it, it's just I, I don't I don't know if it's pure evil. I don't know if the politicians are so out of touch. They don't even recognize what is going on, bro. I'm like I'm at a bit of a loss, uh, like how we've even gotten here, you know. So <clears throat> thank you for, for making a complete, you know, understanding of it. We have lost yeah. our mind, you know, <laughs> landlords, landlords absolutely I'm fortunate enough to have a roof over my head in a, mm-hmm. in a neighborhood where I don't have to really look over my shoulder too much. Right. And we all know who we are. Everyone here respects one another and we all know who we are. You know, but in all seriousness, bro, unless there's going to be some form of an understanding that with all the newly arrived immigrants in this nation uh, to be incorporated into opportunities to, you know, um, sustain communities, you know, there there's needs. Every community has a need. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there isn't a budget to always those needs. But guess what? We have an influx of people. And guess what's more important than a budget? Actual workforce. If you have mm-hmm. people that are here that have been able to, you know, provide something for the area that they're in to help sustain their, you know, mobility there, then we are working with something. Our mm-hmm. rent are ridiculous. They're offering programs here in New York because we've ran out of shelters for these new people, right? They're offering mm-hmm where they're willing to give you 150 to to $100 a day per person you're willing to take in for one month. So 
policymakers out here figure out something to do with how to get people living somewhere. Sure. All right. Guess what? That sounds like an earning opportunity. And I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you what's going to happen is people in our beautiful communities that are already struggling are going to take people in. And now we're going to yeah. have overpopulated struggling communities. So things are going to get even worse, my bro. That's yeah. why rent is where it's at. Because they're basically already telling us, you're going to need about five more roommates, homie, if you want to stay living with Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's true. I mean, even even kids that are fresh out of college that were, they went to school, they got a good job and all that kind of stuff. I know so many people who have these like high profile jobs, they have roommates because they live in the New York City area, right? They They can't afford to live by themselves, even if they are working some of these financial jobs and things like that. And like, that's that's crazy to me that that you've gone through the track that you were supposed to go through. You went to school, right? And and you paid the money, you did the time, you went and got a real job and you still have to live as if you lived in college. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just it's it's obvious that it's a broken it's it's just a broken broken system, you know what I mean? And and, and I don't know who's go, who's going to to fix it. And like you said, it's only going to get worse. And it doesn't seem like there's any real solution in sight because in places like where I used to live in Jersey City, they're knocking down those old buildings that were, you know, owned by individuals who family owned it for generations. They're building brand new high rise condos by big developers. And who do you think those are getting sold or rented to? It's the elite. So what what happens to those people in the middle class who were living there and now they have to find somewhere new to live and they can't afford to go anywhere like and and. The local government is the one giving out those permits and those contracts for them to build these things. So it's just like nobody's actually taking into consideration. Wait, where the fuck are we going to start putting the people who are living, you know, normal middle class lives? At some point, we're going to run out of of neighborhoods for them to go into. It's absolutely true, bro. It's I mean, honestly, to even try to, like, think what will happen. Yeah, is terrifying. You know, it's like you have to keep it at. All right. Hopefully. Nothing crazy is going to happen where all of a sudden a whole community is just washed out. And think right. about people's um, right now, like the water, mm. you know, how good is the drinking water in certain parts around the country? And right. why is it not being supported? Why is it not being spoken mm-hmm. about more? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that we absolutely need absolutely protect is our water supply. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say, there are going to be communities where people be like, the water in this area sucks. We're moving. Right. You understand? They're going to be opening up. And I read an article the other day about a certain community in one of the Dakotas that chose to stay quiet about their water because their average rent is 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. And if the water situation is looked into and fixed, their rent might go up 50%. And they don't want that. Right. Is that where we're where we're going to have to give up a basic need to be able to afford to live somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a, a, a great and very sad example. But yeah, the, the fact that people are even in, at a place where they have to make decisions like that um, just to survive, right? That's just, yeah. I mean, listen, we're not going to solve the, the issue on, on, on this podcast, but I, you, you just <laughs> hope that, <laughs> that these conversations, it, it starts waking more and more people up because I think a lot of people are a bit at the sleep, asleep at the wheel to a degree, right? Don't really recognize how bad things are, you know? 
um, for, for the average everyday person. You know what I mean? And um, I, I didn't realize it completely until I uh, bought some property down in, in a more blue collar neighborhood and I run a business out of it. And I see people having trouble paying $40 on their credit card and, and that being like a consistent thing. It's like, man, people are really hurting. Like their people are, are, are hurting. They're literally, you know, I run a U-Haul, uh, I have a U-Haul business and they're having to like, they're not even able to, to move their stuff and do all and do the basic things that they need to do because they can't afford the $40 rental. Like that's scary. That's really, really, really scary that somebody's you know card is declining on $40 that they're hurting that badly. And and, you know, obviously we don't know their, their their entire story, but nobody in the United States of America should be at that point. We shouldn't have a level of, of people living paycheck to paycheck, which I believe it's like 60 percent of the U.S. lives paycheck to paycheck. We shouldn't have the amount of unhoused people that we have. It, it's just I don't know, man. And then and then the people that push the American propaganda, best country in the world, go somewhere else if you don't like it. It's like, bro, we can't just keep turning a blind eye based on the fact that we have like cool songs and we like to wave this flag and we pretend like everything is okay. Like we actually really have to start critiquing and start having these conversations and start holding our politicians accountable before there is nothing left, right? We can't sit here and say it's anti-patriotic to critique the country. If that's the case, we're just going to end up going further and further along until there's no going back at that point. You know, the wild part is like the, the disproportion in the wealth that our society holds and our society needs shocks me when I hear that we have, and here in New York City, right, about yeah. 70,000, 70,000, you know, public school kids that are what they call food insecure. In other words, mm -hmm. 70,000 public school kids that don't know if they're going to have another meal and are yep. homeless. 70,000. However, That's you know, three hot celebrities can say we're having a concert tomorrow in New York City yeah. and they'll sell out all three venues. I'm not hating on yep. a single celebrity. Sure. But I have a team on our city's wealth. When we have that much wealth, however, we still possess that much. Yeah. No, and that that's a, a great point. I went to a public school, elementary school in New York, and that school gave out free breakfast and free lunch because that's the only time those kids would be able to eat breakfast or lunch, right? And summer school in in the in the Bronx wasn't for kids who uh, you know failed out of classes. It was because their parents had nobody to watch them and they couldn't afford to put them in a camp or anything like that. So the school provided summer school to at least keep the kid there during the day, right? And make sure they had that breakfast and lunch. Like and and without that, right? Because you have people trying to cut educational funding and things like that. It's like, man, that's wild thing. 70,000 kids like can't guarantee where their next meal is going to come from. That's scary, scary stuff. But we could sell out, you know, a hot film. Two oh, weeks yeah. in advance. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We could do all the hot stuff, but we can't feed our kids. That, no. not for nothing, yeah. I put my hand on the chest because I, I look for other opportun opportunities to do that. You know, my, mm -hmm. my, my wife works for the Department of Education. And when I tell you mm -hmm. that there's times that they choose to stay open later, certain mm -hmm. times of the year, you know, they choose to stay open later because they know families need to eat. So they'll yeah. still spend the extra meal. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So like, like they'll do like an impromptu Thanksgiving welcoming family event just to bring people in to just, hey, take yep. food. If you need it, come get it. Just eat it. 
and enjoy. You know, like yeah, bro. That th- those are like feel feel the efforts, but those are some of the things that we can provide for our people mm-hmm. in need. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I'm glad we we had the, this conversation. My mom was actually a principal in the Bronx. She was a teacher for years, then a principal. Um, you know, so so all this stuff hits hits close to home for me because I used to help her out, and you just saw. You know, I would go back home to to Jersey or whatever, and I, the just stark differences. You know what I mean? And 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 these kids are the ones that are that are suffering, and they're innocent in all of this. And like you said, you know, there's no shortage of people selling out Madison Square Garden, selling out four nights of Beyonce at MetLife Stadium, um, and, and 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 not that not that we can we can't have have fun, you know, and enjoy ourselves, but it does show like how much excess we have while so many people just have literally don't have the the essentials right and and it, that that is that shouldn't make you feel very good about about where we are you know what i mean yeah bro it, it's 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 wild because when you really think about that right um yeah. if we're able to sell out 10 million dollars worth in tickets in 15 yeah. minutes then what does that tell you? Does that tell you that we really need, you know, our politicians and our government to help us sustain mm. and build and evolve? Really, no. It just means that it it requires a certain amount of us woke enough to unite and say, you know yep. what, let's put all our resources together, fix this and own these politicians, own right. the policies and bring things forth, like making sure we do get affirmative action give us the Mm -hmm. opportunity to really really earn those positions and be part Mm -hmm. of that give us the equity required so that we can make our communities better you know like i'm gonna give you us one of the craziest examples you know i'm saying like um the beginning of uh may i started to you know thinking about my finances and one of the Mm -hmm. things i wanted to make sure i didn't do is live paycheck to paycheck and it was looking almost very very possible so mm-hmm. I started the numbers and I went to the bank and I said, you know what? I'm going to need to make a loan and uh, I'm going to request for an X amount. And the X amount was under $10,000 mm-hmm. and they denied it. And I'm like, yo, I'm going almost 10 years not having paid a single bill late, um, mm-hmm. being responsible financially. You know, scary moments were scary moments, but I, but I showed sure. that I was responsible and resilient financially. And mm-hmm. they were like, no. No, we can't mm-hmm. offer you that. However, if you are willing to take out a loan for thirty-six thousand dollars, uh, we're willing to give you a fixed rate for five years. And I'm like, wait a right. minute, I don't need six thousand dollars. Right. So the mm-hmm. point is, in order for me to have to stay afloat, I yep. would have to throw myself deeper into debt, and that's something yep. that's super terrifying and so easy to happen yep. to many of us. And that's why. A lot of us, unfortunately, have that $40 situation that's questionable. At 110%. And I, I, my heart goes out because I lived that life for a very, very, very long time. Uh, And it, it sucks. It's, and it's not, and it's like, you're doing all the right things and you still can't get ahead. It feels like, you know what I mean? And uh, by the way, as you're talking about the loan, what, what comes to my mind is if you would have gone and asked for a hundred thousand dollar student loan, you would have had people fighting over uh, giving you that loan. You know what I'm saying? Word, because word, that word. that they would have been they're okay with that, right? Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars for this college degree, we'll gladly give it out to you with this predatory rate. You know, 
that that is is okay, but you know, under ten grand, sorry, sorry, we can't uh, we we, we can't do that. And it's so yeah. crazy because the funny recommendation they gave me was, well, try to take out a hard cash loan. I mean, like, isn't that predatory? And they're right. like, well, <laughs> I'm like, yo, yeah. you're not helping. You're not helping. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Bro, it's 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 definitely yeah, it's definitely um, a sad state of affairs. But I do like kind of what the what you're talking about, the idea of organizing and 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 things like that, right? And um and yeah, it 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 just takes us doing a little bit of the work and and coming together to to really start making some of that that change happen that we'd be hoping for. Um, now on a on a lighter side of things, I just want to quickly touch on this breakup news because a lot of people are in their feelings about this celebrity uh investment of of of. Raul Alejandro and uh, Rosalia, two singers, have broken up, right? And everybody's losing their mind because it was painted as like the perfect relationship. They had just put out like an album together and there's a music video that's like, you know, puts you in your feels. And like, if you're not in love, makes you want to be in love. If you are in a relationship, makes you think, why is my partner not like that? Right. <laughs> so all of this painted thing on social media and then and then it ends. Right. But. It isn't it's an interesting conversation in general, I think, a around the fact that not everything you view on social media uh, is actually real life. Right. And that goes for people who aren't just celebrities. It goes for the everyday person. Exactly. Um, And then and then also. We also live in a culture where it feels like people don't save something for themselves. Right. Like they posting their relationship every vacation every memory every little thing i've seen people post you know some of their their bedroom uh you know antics uh, whatever it is right like uh, uh, uh there's one girl that comes to mind of like her posting the lingerie she was wearing on valentine's day like that's supposed to be a private thing for you and your your partner right it's a special thing whatever it is right and it's just interesting that that's become kind of our instinct is to share 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 right so i'm curious for you what is is kind of your policy on in general, sharing your private life, be it your relationship, obviously you have a kid as well. So what, what's kind of your take on, on where we are and, and kind of what you think about it all? So the first thing is I was putting the S sign. So it, yeah. that's like social media. So sad. So sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little skeptic. I'm going to be honest. I'm a skeptic. I worked 17 years in the music business. Yeah. You know, I, 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 signed, I signed a couple um, NDAs. So what I yeah. do know is that Oftentimes, when these celebrity couples come together, especially if they're artistically um, connected to one another and their, mm-hmm. you know, ability to profit is being affected, some sort of controversy created that makes people want to be more supportive. And in today's world, mm-hmm. even if you're yeah. trying to figure out who this couple is, you're listening to their music. That's profitable yep. to business, you know. Yeah. And if their breakup becomes so um, popular online, then people are going to continue to look into these artists, which makes the music, you know, uh, whoever's controlling their music profit. And what if they get together again and create another album and go on? Right. To- <laughs> That's why I look at it as, you know, I'm a skeptic and yeah. you know what? It's, I'm sorry if the, if their thing is real, but right. if it's not real, guess what? I'm not sorry. It's like how I think as a skeptic, it's all about money. And if they need to make yeah. bread, that's what makes some controversy happen and they get together again and everyone makes money. However, on the other point with people oversharing, I think yeah. that has a lot more to do with how society has a very narcissistic 
you know, method of making us appreciate life. Mm. You know, um, we're not given opportunities to be more thankful and quiet in our, you know, appreciations and days. Yeah. We're given the, uh, oh, wow, take a quick picture of that. Oh, wow, look, there's yeah. a QR code next to it. So share it. Oh, wow. I, right. You know, like an overabundance of just sharing all the things that make you cool. And that's fine. I'm not hating on right. that part, sure. you know. But when people place a lot of validity on social media, then it really dilutes from the value of your real life. Yeah. You know, because if you know, your 100 amazing, beautiful pictures on Instagram wind up being erased tomorrow because Instagram had a fit and, you know, some vortex ate it. That doesn't yeah. mean life is no longer significant. If your right. six million followers disappear because Elon Musk, um, you know, decided to just say, you know what, I'm now going to eat up the internet until everyone right. decides to subscribe to X. Right. Does that mean your 90,000 likes that you accrued on Twitter and on Instagram mean nothing? Does it mean your 10 million followers on Instagram mean that, you know, your life means nothing? No, right. it just, you now have to embrace the real validity of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, so you know it, it, I agree completely. And it's funny, like, it's interesting what what was coming to my mind as you're you're kind of talking. It we've kind of become programmed that like it's like okay, I'm having this great moment. Um, you know, in the real world, you know what make it even better if I posted it on social media and shared it with everybody, right? So like you're not even living presently in the beauty of whatever it is that you're trying to celebrate. Your mind is immediately going to how can I show this to a bunch of people to then have them confirm that this is in fact a great moment, right? Very and that's true. like, and I'm, listen, I'm guilty of that as well. And as, as self-aware and all these things as I am, I, I have to stop myself sometimes where I'm like about to post something. I'm like, wait, why do I need to go and share this with anybody and, and make it a whole big thing for anybody other than those that are involved in it, right? And I have to check myself, but we're, we've been programmed to like think that the, you know, top of the top of happiness exists when other people are jealous or co-sign the thing that we got. <laughs> I like I like that you honestly and 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 I'm gonna be saying that that was honest. The jealousy yeah. word. A lot of people are very like um I'm gonna say scared to mm -hmm. even address jealousy. Like hateration. Right. It mm -hmm. guess what? Sometimes I'm gonna be one hundred percent raw. Sometimes when you live in the limelight. You have to drop it. You have to yeah. be able to share that oh wow moment because you have enough people that really want to be part of whatever you're doing and supportive, supportive sure. of what you're doing. That's where the whole right. endorsement opportunities come from. So yeah. if you die away from that, then you start losing on those opportunities to earn, earn endorsements. You know? Right, right. That's and sometimes you need that that but you do sometimes for a branding perspective, also the, the way the world is, people won't trust you unless they're seeing you like live out some sort of fantasy that they want right that's also like a bit of it so you have to sometimes flex to let people know you're serious you know what i mean or you know what you're talking about exactly and then the other thing is that social media does afford the many of us the opportunity to remain relevant relevant to mm -hmm. whoever is watching our stuff yep you know relevant to 
whatever it is that we're trying to remain relevant for. So yeah. it keeps us connected. Like my my family is from South America, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're 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 up on the trends when it comes to social media. Uh, yeah. Facebook is something that I created so that I can stay in touch with people that I went to school with. And right, right. Instagram is something I created so that I can be able to share, you know, my everyday with anyone that's just watching it. I had no idea yeah. how any of that stuff worked. But now we're at a point where we realize, yo, we're recording our entire lives and yeah. some company or one company owns mm-hmm. all of it. And right. we may lose control of it all, but we can never forget our true value. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's a, a a great point. And last thing I'll say on this, it's also funny to me, like when people in relationships, it's like always oh, it a meme, but like uh, they'll watch this video, like the music video they had for that song, Bessel was like very romantic, whatever. And um, and you'll have like one of the people that you're dating be like, how come our our relationship isn't like that? You know what I mean? Or <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, bro, because that's not real life, like. That's not how, right? Like relationships aren't this pretty three-minute video of us just having the greatest time of our life and having a highlight reel. Like that's what you're seeing. Somebody's highlight reel. That's not be, real I'm, life. That's not how it works. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna blame yeah. it on sex in the city before right. social media. <laughs> they were sex in the city and sex <laughs> made all women delusional because they thought about <laughs> meeting up every day after work smart uh-huh. and and talk about. The perfect orgy. No, that's yeah. not <laughs> what life is about. Right. They pose right. the image in front of you for you to want to rise up to it. And every time you fail, you keep trying and trying and trying. And someone else mm-hmm. is profiting. And unfortunately, you keep hurting yourself. But that, right. blame it on sex in the city, bro. <laughs> I don't, this is the first time I think on this podcast we've gotten to sex in the city. So I appreciate, uh, I appreciate <laughs> that us getting here um man yeah i i think all true stuff last thing I, i'm i'm not going to dive super deep into this because it's a very long conversation but i did want to acknowledge the fact that um it's actually puerto rico's 125th anniversary as a united states colony well here's this, the thing again i told yeah. you family is from south america so when sure. it comes to the um politics of the island i listen more than i chime in Sure. Out of respect for all my people, all my friends, all my family members, because my wife is Puerto Rican. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I will always challenge anyone that Mm. represents the the Lone Star with the red and white. Yeah. Ask yourself the truest benefit of becoming a state or ask yourself the truest benefit of becoming independent. And then push yourselves to share that expression enough so that many of us here in the States can also support your decision, your desire, and we can help Puerto Rico, the island, the, the mm-hmm. island, the nation island. I call it the island nation, the nation island. Mm-hmm. The whole point mm-hmm. is that I think the entire community needs to rise up and help support the island out of the situation that it's in. Because once again, if Daddy Yankee can sell out 15 days in a row throughout the entire island, then the money Mm -hmm. and sustainability is already there. You understand? No, I, I, I agree on that. And I think the frustrating part about it is nobody's willing to do the work to actually get to the bottom of 
being educated on what it would mean to be a state or what it would mean to be independent, right? You know, I have my own thoughts and 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 ideas that you know I I support more independence, but I also know there are a lot of people who are too who are lackadaisical as well, right? When it comes to just living in the status quo of it all, and my concern being that the, you know the the people not educating themselves enough then getting taken advantage of, right? And and I think that's that's kind of why you see the split that you see right now is where some people live in this fantasy that becoming a state, they're all going to become rich all of a sudden and it solves all of their problems, you know? Um, and then others also forget the sort of process that it's going to take in order for Puerto Rico to become independent and maintain the quality of life that they've been used to. And you have to do the hard work to educate yourself on on both of those those uh, topics of conversation. I don't think we're there yet, which is um, kind of why we're in this limbo state in general. Aside from the U.S. is um, obvious, not really giving us a real choice, but also the people not really deciding what the hell they actually want at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. I mean, the people need to, you know, unite themselves and, and figure the direction that they truly want to go into. Yeah. Because when you when you truly think about it, you know, as a Latino, as a person that comes from South America, uh, mm-hmm. when you consider how many successful celebrities, very well paid celebrities come from yep. the island of Puerto Rico, aside from the actual affluent people that come from Puerto Rico, and you add that to the very successful business people from the island, your solution is already there, you yep. know, completely free of whatever the government thinks, you know, needs to be fixed or not. The, yep. f- the, the solution's already there, but people want to own baseball teams and people want to get into owning basketball teams. I get it. Yeah. Right. Or own a restaurant Fix in Miami rather than Puerto Rico. Team. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, as you could say. But yeah, no, we're on, we're on the same page with that one. I agree. There's too many wealthy people from Puerto Rico and they're investing in places other than the island where they, they should be because they could fix a lot of these problems. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's a topic for another conversation. I could deep dive into that. Let's um let's pause here. We'll, we'll take a quick break and then we'll we'll touch on a, a more positive story to kind of close things out here. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. All right, man. So we we've been talking about a lot of a lot of heavy stuff, deep diving into a lot of a lot of topics that are really difficult. Um, this is more of a positive one as it's it's moving in the right direction, I think, and it's hopefully going to break a lot of the stereotypes. I mean, as somebody who works in, uh, you know, acting and things like that, you know, a lot of the roles stereotypically that have been given to Latinos is drug related roles, gangsters, things like that. Right. And a lot of it has to do with the glorification of a very dark history, right? So one of those things is the, the history of like Narcos, right? And you had recently uh, Pablo Escobar's uh, museum home that was demolished after uh, a Medellin judge uh, ordered for it to, to be demolished. And, you know, his excuse or their excuse was that it lacked a municipal permit. But a lot of people are saying that this is actually a move um, that Medellin, the city, is trying to get rid of that that sort of uh history that they have and, and not be recognized for that anymore and they're saying this whole like narco tourism has become this new industry ever since the uh netflix show um narcos and they, they say that it just continues to keep opening a wound left by by someone like pablo escobar who obviously you know hurt and killed a lot of people and also um is is responsible for for uprooting uh the government as well at, at times you know so um it's it's an interesting kind of 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 move where they're trying to get into a, a a different direction which i think it's it's healthy right because these are you know it's like this is an interesting conversation even about us as human beings and the things that we follow we're entertained by like the fact that people travel to colombia not to experience the beauty of it but because they want to go relive and retrace the steps of somebody who has killed a lot who killed a lot of people in cold blood or you know um made the the command for others to kill many others in cold blood right and we somehow just think as human beings this is a normal thing it's it's okay it's not weird that we're going to like experience this you know so um i think it is a step in the right direction even just like humanitarian you know human like in a humanity type of aspect where uh, maybe we can get out of some of these weird mindsets that we have where we dehumanize people's pain. Well, I think, once again, like a skeptic. I always think like a skeptic. Sure, um, sure, sure. I, I feel that perhaps the government had a vested interest in taking over the territory, the property, and maybe doing mm. something with it. You also have to question who actually owned the rights to the museum. I don't mm. think that a figure as high profile as Pablo Escobar could have, you know, completely met his demise 
without some form of, you know, agreement that would be profitable to certain governments over his sure. belongings and the display of. So to be right. real, I think perhaps maybe Colombia may have mishandled the rights and properties of the, you know, Escobar estate. And yeah. somehow someone else was profiting from it. And then eventually, like we Latinos say, ja, enough. Right. It, they cut it off. If they had to burn it down, they burn it down. But whatever, you get rid of it. I, for yeah. one, am half Colombian and Ecuadorian. And oftentimes it does hurt me when people only think about Pablo Escobar's achievements when it comes to acknowledging the beautiful nation of Colombia. Um, yeah. It's glorified through shows on television and merchandising and music videos and all that other stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there are other things for which to appreciate the nation. So after being a skeptic and thinking it through, I'm going to say kudos to the nation of Colombia and <laughs> of the plague that was La Mansión de Don Pablito. <laughs> I, I, I love that, that, that response. I'm glad that, uh, you know, we had a, a, real, a real sort of uh, heartfelt attachment to it with you being from there. You know what I mean? And I, you know what? If if only the U.S. could could get on board with uh, taking out some of the Confederate uh, statues, uh, you know, I think everybody would be moving in a in the right direction. But uh, I I get your skepticism. I I completely understand it. But yeah, I, I think um, especially like let's talk about Colombia for a second because Colombia. I've seen so many people going over there because it's having such like a boom right now, right? Like at how beautiful the the city is and. And and how many, you know, the, the different opportunities that are out there, a lot of people from the states going over there and spending, you know, tons of time and I'm sure money uh, over there. It, it's it's like we things like this keep perpetuating a bad rap about a country that you like you express that is beautiful and has so much more to offer than just the idea that it's overrun by by narcos and all these things, you know, and as with anything, you don't know the area. You got to be careful where you go in any place in the world. Right. But to make it seem like that is the only thing that came out of Colombia or it Colombia has to offer is a crazy, crazy sort of stereotype that definitely needs to kind of come to an end. Exactly, bro. There's so many, there's so many amazing first off, coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. Go sure. and, and and go and experience the, you know, the coffee villas where, you know, they grow the coffee. You know, um, some of the most beautiful beaches, rainforests, all that stuff yeah. is out there. You don't have to just say, hey, I want to go see where Pablo Escobar lived, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. I, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, shit like this obviously moves in a direction also where tourism brings in, real tourism can bring in actual money and and help, you know, uh, places that that actually need it that have so much to offer. You know what I mean? I think that's uh, that's kind of at the, at the core what we're talking about. So, man, my dude, I, I appreciate you for, for hopping on. It's been great getting your, your perspective, man. I love all the, the insights and being able to just have like this well-rounded conversation. Uh, where can, where can people check you out? Anything you want to promote, you want to push them to? Absolutely. Thank you so very much. I'm sorry for moving around a lot. It's just that I didn't, you know, charge my battery enough. So, uh, <laughs> please follow me on Instagram. That's at the funny Latino T H E F U N N Y L A T I N O. Um, hit the link. Because right now I'm also being nominated as one of the best Bronx comedians of 2023. So just hit the link and just vote. Nice. Find it and vote. Um, I'm nominated with some pretty cool names. So congratulations to all the nominees. At the same time, I'll be performing uh, August 1st, 
for what is the what is known as the NYPD Night Out. That is the uh, police department of New York City's um, effort to bring together the communities and uh, the police officers from every precinct serve their communities. So there'll be grilling, uh, hot dogs, burgers. Uh, there'll be games, so many things for the community. And it's going to be the officers connecting with the community. And I'll be hosting that event. That's going to be happening in the Soundview section of the Bronx. Look for it as Bronx Night Out. I'll be there August 1st. And then in October, I'm working on my Hispanic Heritage Tribute Show, which will be comedy, nice. bilingual comedy, which um, I realize I'm having a lot of fun doing comedy in Espanol. You know, because I, I I really appreciate having learned the language. So why not press yeah. in Spanish? I love it. I love it, my bro. Well, when you have uh, when you have that coming up, well, we got to have you back on to make sure we get the word out about that, so people can uh, can check it out. Thank you, my brother. And if you ever need a comedian out on the West Coast, just let me know. I'm out there, bro. I'll jump on the flight. <laughs> I love it, my dude. I appreciate you. All right, bro, man. Be good, man. Big shout out to my guest this week, Roman. S, a.k.a. the funny Latino for hopping on. Love, I love men. I don't know. I, I, I appreciate the fact that there are so many people within our community that can do the entertainment stuff. We can have fun, but are also making sure that they're educating themselves and, and we're taking the time to talk about the real shit that, that goes on, right? The real shit that is affecting us and and the things that, that need to change uh, in this world, in our community, all of the above, right? I just think, I don't, I think it's, 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 um, it's all about balance, right? We got to be well informed. We can still have fun. We could, we could enjoy life and all those different things, but we're not doing ourselves uh, any favors if we are not, you know, trying to, to also be up on, on the things that need to change and, and doing our part to, to make things better, right? So I, I love being able to connect with people like him who, uh, who you know, are, are able to kind of find that balance. I like to think that I try to exist somewhere in that balance as well. So big shout out to him, the funny Latino Roman S. And with that said, I want to hear from y'all. I want to get y'all's take on one of these topics that we were talking about today. So we'll do that for our Ask a Gringo segment. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of My Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Ask a gringo. All right, so for this week's Ask a Gringo segment, I'm basing it somewhat off of that conversation around uh, Rosalia and, and Raul Alejandro, uh, the, their breakup. And I just think it's, it's uh, I, first of all, I just want to say I'm way more invested in this relationship than is healthy as a grown man. And I, I have no problem admitting that, and I'm, uh, I'm not going to be ashamed of it. But I, am, I was heartbroken when I saw this thing pop up. Um, because you had seen like there were things online uh, of like him at the club and like Camila Cabello was there. And then there was something about, like him hanging out with Shakira. And it was just like, please don't don't tell me that uh, they just I don't know, man. That song, Beso, I, I got to say like that, that was a a a song that I loved. You know, I don't know. I don't know if loving that song is wrong, but if it is, you know, as they say, I don't want to be right. And the video was just, you know. Listen, I'm a romantic at heart, so things like that, um, you know, they just kind of tug in my heartstrings a little bit. So, yeah, Beso video and just their their relationship from the public perspective, you know, was was a beautiful thing. Um, but on that conversation of things being public and sharing it and making your personal life public for everybody to see on things like social media, I wanted to have a conversation around that, right? And the question I posed was, do you think that it's normal or, or not even that it's normal? Are you the type to share your your personal life on social media, share everything with social media, specifically when it comes to your relationship, posting the person that you're dating, you know, sharing intimate moments that you guys have together, making it public for the world and strangers to see? Uh, or do you believe that you should keep those things, you know, private for real life, right? And the real people that you actually interact with on a regular basis. and uh, I'm going to give you my opinion real quick before we get to the uh, answers because uh, selfishly, I want to want to share my own opinion. Plus, it's my podcast. Come on. So anyway, I personally am of the mindset that I don't post the person that I'm dating, right? And I've been in long-term relationships and I've tried to stay true to this. I don't post generally pictures of like my family or anything like that. I, I try to keep all that kind of stuff pretty pretty private right and obviously my work it kind of keeps me a bit out there where I have to be posting on social media as a part of my job and I also I feel like I have this dialogue with anybody who follows me it's like we're we're a community right and this is a, a movement and a part of what I do is share my own personal experiences as, as a means to make other people feel seen right so a part of that is obviously I'm going to share a lot of my life, but I think I, I there are lines, and I think even if I wasn't doing something that you know kind of puts me in a, a more public eye, I would still want that that sense of of privacy. You know, I think a for for me as it stands right now, anybody that doesn't like me has a problem with the content I make, the things that I say. 
if I'm posting the people I care about, it makes them a target for these haters' wrath as well, right? And again, even if I wasn't somebody who was making public commentary, I think it just opens up the opportunity for other people to be in our business, for other people to, um, you know, possibly cause drama, cause issues. And now I'm not saying I'm like hiding the fact that I'm in a relationship, right? Because I don't think that's right either. I think that I have a right uh, or, or the person that I'm dating, you know, should be acknowledged. People should know that I'm in a relationship and, and that I'm not available for, you know, whatever flirtations or advances or things like that, right? So when I have been in relationships, and, and you can, you know, anybody who's been listening to this podcast for, for a decent amount of time, I've never been shy about saying, you know, um, that I'm in a relationship or talking about, you know, examples um, or conversations uh, from from my relationship, right? I've never hid the fact that I was dating somebody. So that's that's kind of where where I stand on, on, on all of that kind of stuff. You know, I think that we we get into... I don't know, we're just in this weird space where we feel like we have to share and document every single thing. And I think that cheapens the moments a little bit, right? And I, I said this before, I'm not above it. I've been there before. But it's it's like almost as if nothing matters unless it's validated on social media. And I think that's just not a real healthy way to live. And and it's poisoned all of our brains to a degree. And I want to clarify a statement I was talking about before, before I get into your answers. I had mentioned like a, a girl that I, I'm, I'm, I follow or I'm friends with that was posting uh, a picture of like her in lingerie from like Valentine's Day, like from, you know, what she was wearing for her, her man. And I'm not shaming her for posting a lingerie picture. She can do whatever she wants. That's, that's her life. It has nothing to do with me. What I'm saying is, to me, that's an example, and, and she and there's multiple people I've seen who did that. These are moments that are supposed to be intimate moments, like special moments, right? Like, you know, Valentine's Day. You know, maybe you want to get real sexy with your with your boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, whatever it might be, your significant other, and you do something out of the norm, right? You buy a special piece of lingerie in this case for uh, for that night, you know, to to do something out of the norm. Maybe you rent a hotel room, whatever it might be, and those are supposed to be like really intimate personal moments that happen behind closed doors that are like supposed to be special moments that you're curating just for each other. And it shows you that even those moments that are literally like holidays that are curated just for, for the two of you and your relationship, people still feel the urge and the need to go ahead and share that with the rest of the world because the moment itself isn't enough unless they get the validation, right? And that to me is is a scary kind of kind of place to be, because I think as humans, you got to share, you know, not share, save certain things I want to say for, for yourself. Right. Even in real life, you're not sharing the every aspect of your relationship with everybody around you. Right. There are like levels to it. Like maybe your acquaintances and your coworkers know certain things, but they don't know it to the depth of your best friend. Right. And your best friend doesn't know, to you know, the, the depth of, of your partner. Right. There are levels to to sharing, and and I think that that's natural and that's normal because not everybody needs to know everything. But social media has kind of clouded those waters a bit, and yeah, I I think we we sort of remove some of the intimacy from moments that are meant to be intimate, and and I think that that kind of cheapens them just a little bit. That's my take.
Now let's hear from y'all, okay? I selfishly took up some some time there uh, to to give you my whole take on 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 that specifically. Because then we got to this whole conversation about social media, which I, I didn't mind at all. Uh, but let's let's see here. I got a bunch of answers on on this one that I want to read off here. I'm real off as many as I can. I love this one right here. At Rem Thang says, I personally wouldn't do it. Our love doesn't need validation from anyone. And I love that. I think that that's beautifully said. I think that that is what we're talking about here because we're all posting on social media for extra validation. And when it comes to your relationship, if you're posting intimate moments and you're looking for outside validation about your relationship, that, that's just not a healthy way to, to view said relationship, right? That that the love of that person, knowing that you have that love is enough. You also need other people to co-sign it is, is obviously not a healthy mindset. Uh, let's see. At Bad Billy Bondo says, ha, some of us don't even make ourselves public. Privacy is priceless. And this is funny because uh, Bad Billy Bondo doesn't even like have like, a real picture on, on Instagram. It's like an avatar of something. So uh, homie or homegirl doesn't even post themselves so why would they post their uh their their significant other value privacy which i absolutely love last one i'll I'll, I'll read here that i have time for at natasha lucia says private on social but smother me in actual public and this i'm on board with right i'm cool with public displays of of affection i'm cool with you know uh having hands all over your 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 significant other if they're into that you know if they're cool with it i'm i'm okay with that i'm that that type of 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 person like i'm i mean i'm not like you know tonguing down my 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 partner at the local coffee shop but like no problem you know uh kissing a public holding hands uh you know maybe you know caressing a little butt cheek every once in a while you know what i'm saying like i'm i'm all about that i'm i'm fine with that because that is is not something i'm doing for entertainment for somebody else, the public, the the person at the coffee shop, at the restaurant, at Ikea, wherever it's happening. Like, I'm not doing that to put on a show for anybody else. I'm just expressing myself in a, in a real way to that person. I think that's what we're talking about. Whereas on social media, it's like this forced thing that, that we're doing literally just for, uh, for people's, uh, I don't know, people's, it literally is for other people's validation and literally like a cosign, like, you're looking for other people to te- to give you the go ahead, like, yeah, that's a great moment, you know, because of the likes that you got. Or like we're talking about the lingerie picture where it's like your dude telling you you look amazing and that you look hot wasn't enough. Now you need every thirsty person on that uh, Instagram that follows you to be commenting on it to let you know that, yeah, you look hot in that lingerie that you were putting on for your significant other. So just uh yeah, just food for thought. I, I agree with you on on that one, uh, Natasha. I think we are on the uh on the same page there. And and I, I got a bunch more. We we don't really have time to to get into all of them. But yeah, I, I think it seems like most people, from what their responses here, because I didn't get anybody saying like, no, I want to post that shit all the time. And I and I don't think anybody would admit that because it's just like we're then admitting that we are requiring other people's validation at the end of the day. But yeah, I don't know. Listen, not everything needs to make it on the internet. That I think that's my moral of the story. 
And in general, not everything is for everyone else. It always bugs me out when people that I barely know or people uh, that I know, but like that I don't need to know that much about your personal life where they're oversharing details about their relationship and venting to me when it's like, yo, we're not even that close. You are just telling anybody who would listen really personal details about yourself and the person that you are in a relationship with, right? And to me, the idea of getting in a relationship is that you are kind of creating this bond that is very personal and is exclusive and, and intimate to just the two of you. And that means moments that you share together. That means things that you share together, right? And that's supposed to be just for the two of you. It's not supposed to be for anybody who will listen type of thing. You know? So just, just uh, I don't know, my, my thought process on this. I'm still heartbroken over this breakup. I don't know if I could listen to that song the same way again. Cause that just—if you haven't listened to Best, that's a banger. That was like, I would say the beginning of this summer. That has been on repeat uh, in my car. I, I'm no shame admitting this. It's been on repeat in my car. Me just sitting there, like, with my my invisible love story that doesn't exist currently. Uh, just just vibing out to that song. Damn it. <sighs> Things happen, right? And I hope they're both happy, even though it's left me heartbroken. Anyway. Let's uh let's wrap things up. Uh, I feel like we're getting off the rails a little bit. We'll uh we'll wrap things up. We'll uh we'll tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call conclusions too. But first, let's take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles because life happens, baby. But you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Time for conclusion soon. All right, so we dove heavy into these topics that we talked about today with uh, the funny comedian Roman S. Again, big shout out to him for hopping on the show. Going to quickly kind of 
summarize all that we talked about. We started with the the idea that the 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 top percent, you know, children from the wealthiest families, they're the ones twice as likely to attend elite universities. And again, we didn't need a study to tell us that. But the thing that is crazy to me when I, I read the the numbers that they came up with here, they found that attending one of those elite institutions has long lasting effects, increasing students' chances of being the top 1% of income by 60%. So going to one of those universities increases someone's chance of becoming a part of the top 1% by 60%. Like it's, and so it's no surprise why the majority of the people who are wealthy in this country who hold the power all look the same for the most part, right? Because it also says how it doubles their chances of going into an elite grad school and triples their chances of getting employed at a prestigious firm. And again, the thing with this, they get employed at a prestigious firm. Eventually, they rise the ranks at said prestigious firm. They are in a position now where they're a hiring manager. They're going to hire more people who have a similar background to themselves. And the cycle just continues to perpetuate itself. And that's the problem with this. And that's why things like affirmative action ending are detrimental to, to communities of color, but are also incredibly hypocritical, right? The fact that this is allowed to have this type of criteria to favor people who are uh, legacies, you know, their, their family members went there or are large donors. That right there should be unconstitutional, right? If, if you're saying it's unconstitutional to favor uh, people of color who have similar test scores, why is that okay then? And again, it's, it's just remnants of an old system of, of white supremacy that continues on and they don't see a problem with that. But, you know, us trying to get our fair shake at, at this thing called life, obviously they're going to raise, uh, raise some eyebrows at that. Now, moving on to this, this whole conversation around workers, workers' rights, right? We had the farm worker, uh, Efrain Lopez Garcia, who sadly lost his life in Florida in, in uh, July, earlier this month. And how that's sort of provoking conversation around putting laws in place that require, essentially require jobs to give a shit about their employees when they're working in, in conditions like this. You have uh, UPS who almost went on strike. And one of the things that they were asking for was air conditioning in their trucks in 2023, which is fucking wild to me that that doesn't even, that that's not even just like a given that this has to be something they have to fight for. And and listen, the, the list goes on with, all types of inhumane conditions that are just not being either uh, checked out by the powers that be or there are no laws in place because it just seems like such a ridiculous thing that we even have to put a law in place. The fact that it has to be a part of the contract that the truck that these people are riding around in all day long should have temperature control. The fact that that has to go into a, a written contract is wild to me in 2023. The fact that they have to put a law in place in Miami-Dade County that tells jobs that they have to provide their workers with water and and breaks on on days that the the heat index is above 90 degrees and, and that they have to uh, give them breaks in the shade. The fact that this is even something that has to be put into law and it's just not a given as human beings is is really disheartening. And I think that's like I'm I'm at this place in in my life, right? We talk about awareness and I'm going to do a whole episode on on awareness and, and a few other things coming up. But I talk about awareness a lot. Self-awareness, right? Your relationship with yourself, uh, awareness of the relationship you have with those around you, but also 
awareness of your relationship with the world around you. Because at the end of the day, all of us are citizens of this planet Earth, right? We're all sharing this space. We're sharing this planet. And we need to start treating each other with a little bit more concern and a little bit more humanity and understanding that what's good for this other person is always going to be good for me, right? These companies, if their employees are safe, if their employees are happy, they're going to produce better results, right? If if we are giving a shit about things like the environment, we're actually going to have a planet to live on that is not destroying itself and not giving us erratic weather conditions like this, right? So we have to have this awareness that we are a part of a bigger system. And while, of course, we all have our individual lives, none of that matters if everything around us is burning, right? And we have to think about our, our, our you know, our roommates essentially uh, on this shared space that is planet Earth. And we have to try and do better as just human beings and this selfish capitalistic mentality that we've been brought up specifically in this country, but I'm sure around the world, it's a detriment to what is actually healthy for us as, as human beings, both individually and, and as a whole. And that's just something I want to begin to just start driving home and, and force us to look at each other just a bit differently and the world around us and understand like we all have a part to play. And part of that is just humanizing one another and treating people like humans and not putting the almighty dollar above human life and human decency at the end of the day, which is sadly like what we're seeing with cases like this one. Uh, and then we, we touched on the Raul Alejandro and, and Rosalia breakup. I don't think I have to dive back into that anymore. Um, I am heartbroken. But also, good conversation about the idea of like, Maybe we don't need to put our relationships out there for everybody to see every detail and, and pose this whole perfect picture of of what it looks like to date one another. Not saying that that's what caused their their relationship to end, uh, but I, th I think it brings a lot of unwanted attention and a lot of a lot of unnecessary pressure at the end of the day. And lastly, we talked about this in the Mijente segment, the Pablo Escobar Museum home being demolished uh, in Medellin. Uh, I, I love how uh, Roman had his uh, his sort of theory as a bit of a cynic and and more I guess a realist if you if you will. But I think either way, it's it's uh, a step in the right direction. I think as we address a dark history, I think this is like what the U.S. has been missing as, as far as slavery and while we still have like these Confederate statues, all these things. And that's why these issues still continue to plague us till this day is because we are trying to sweep everything under the rug rather than face it head on, acknowledge it and move on from it. Right. And it's start moving completely in a new direction. And that's what it seems like the government is, is trying to do here in, in Colombia, specifically Medellin is get away from the history, the dark history of the narcos and, and uh, you know, move on and start a new chapter for for Colombia and, and specifically we're talking about Medellin, the city of, of, of Medellin. And I, I think that that's the right way to, to do things is, is to, to not sit here glorifying the negative aspects of, of humanity and and not sitting here pretending like they didn't happen, but acknowledging and then moving forward, you know, as, as best as we can. Also, it's just weird that like, and listen, I get it. I watched the movie Scarface and, and I watched Narcos obsessively, all these things. So I'm not above it. 
it is crazy how invested and like how we can take again the humanity out of these situations and simply be entertained by this glorified violence that we're we're seeing you know like this dude Pablo Escobar I know a lot of people could say yeah he did uh he gave money to a lot of people helped a lot of people right that that's sort of the complexity of of somebody like him but he also murdered a lot of people in cold blood or ordered the hit of a lot of people a lot of people lost their uh, fathers, their mothers, um, you know, and and there were public bombings and things like that in the in the city where innocent victims were were killed for no reason whatsoever, just so he can continue to main, maintain power and and build his his operation, right? So we, it's entertaining. I get it, but we also got to be aware of what we're glorifying, um, and and have that awareness that there are actual real victims on the other side of these stories that we're being entertained by, I guess. Um, that's a whole, I, I want to actually have a conversation about that as like a full episode. Maybe there's like an expert, some sort of doctor who studies um, in that field that we can, we can kind of talk about a little bit or somebody who's like written a bunch about it, way more research than me. I'd love to have that conversation, just analyze the human psyche. Cause again, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. I just think it's an interesting conversation, an interesting observation about, uh, where we are as, as human beings these days. So I'm going to look into that. Now, with that said, thank y'all so much for tuning into today's show. Uh, I'm going to put this in the show notes one more time. Just be social club. I believe we have one, one spot left and it might be filled by the time this airs. But if the link is open, click it. Uh, you can schedule your one-on-one with myself and and my my partner, our coach, Brenda and see if it's a good fit for you our mastermind group our mentoring uh group that we have going on again after tomorrow friday the 28th that is the last day we're closing our doors on friday the 28th you will not be able to join after that this is actually going to be the last version of this right so uh get in while you while you can because we're going to do a a different version of it moving forward as we're trying to scale and you know be able to offer it to more people so this is kind of going to be this last version where it's very uh, intimate and kind of group oriented in this way. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you want to be a part of, of the OG version of this, it's, uh, it's your, your, your last shot. Links are in the show notes. The info is all in the show notes. Literally just click the link, put some time on the schedule for a one-on-one between today and tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll see if it's a good fit for you to join the Just Be Social Club. All right. With that said, thank you all so much for tuning in. I will catch you on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, have an amazing weekend. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.